And we're back with another week of Spandex Planet. Alrighty, thanks for joining me again here. Man, what a week. I already talked about Becky Lynch, pregnant. She's the ma. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, we saw NXT um, bring him back in your house. And man, um, NXT is is doing a wonderful job um, with Karrion Cross. I really loved the promo. Um, I don't know if uh, anybody else noticed that, but they were playing uh, the end is here in the background, which is the old Armageddon theme that uh, WWE used in the early 2000s. Big fan of that. Would have liked to have seen him do something. I don't know, beat up another jobber, but I think this is going to lead to a, a carry and cross um, Tommaso Ciampa feud or match or whatever, probably at the newly announced in your house on June 7th. I think that's really cool. It's a 25th anniversary. So NXT is bringing back, um, in your house, which hopefully they do the old in your house set would be fun. And I'm sure that show is going to be great. I wish there were fans there, but you know, it is what it is. Speaking of that, um, it sounds like WWE is moving, um, their Boston SummerSlam show to a different venue where they can allow fans. I don't know where that would be. Um, just because, nowhere that I know of is going to allow fans in any sort of like sporting event or show or whatever within the year, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, if it's going to be anywhere, it's probably either Texas or Florida. So we'll see what happens on that one. Um, also on the WWE front, Sami Zayn stripped of the intercontinental title. I assume he just doesn't want to, to travel, you know, with the pandemic and all that other, uh, fun stuff going on. He probably doesn't live in Florida, so it makes sense. Uh, but they're going to have some kind of uh, tournament to crown a new Intercontinental Champion. whoop de doo uh, It's not going to be Drew Gulak, because also Drew Gulak did, uh, apparently, I don't know if he, his contract expired and he chose to not re-sign or was released. Those are kind of two, two stories going on. Who knows what's what. Uh, but that's that. Gulak gone, which is a bummer, because I was enjoying his stuff with uh, with Daniel Bryan. But, hey, man, it is what it is. Easy come, easy go, as they say. So we talked about NXT a little bit, and, you know, great show as as usual. Um, Wednesday nights are crazy, man. This is the first time where I'm really just in, thoroughly enjoying two different wrestling shows on, on the same night. Um, that other wrestling show, AEW, another spectacular show from, from Daly's Place. We got some more Double or Nothing announcements, and... Man, what a bummer that it's not going to be um, in front of fans, but it is what it is. I think if any, they will probably have a superior pay-per-view type to WWE uh, without fans. And I only say that just because they tend to be more creative. And I mean, if you watch their weekly shows, whether you're not an AEW fan or you're not a WWE fan or whatever, you have to admit like AEW does these shows very, very well without a crowd. And it's actually like, sometimes with the amount of like staff that they have, like sitting around in the, uh, in the audience, like it almost sounds like there's kind of a full crowd there. It's more people than I used to wrestle in front of sometimes. So, um, I think that they're doing that very, very well. 
So, like I said, we have some matches announced here. The casino ladder match got some new entrance. And then uh, after destroying Vanguard 1 in a brutal fashion, it looks like uh, AEW is going to be utilizing Jaguar Stadium, which is great, using resources to put on a creative show in lieu of fans, which, man, with a pay-per-view, that's what we want here. Um, So they're utilizing Jaguar Stadium, Stadium Stampede match, the Elite with Matt Hardy versus the Inner Circle. Uh, I'm sure it's just going to be unbelievable. Uh, The Omega Hardy, Jericho Guevara... Uh, match with the golf cart the infamous golf cart match um was fantastic so i assume the fact that they're going to utilize an entire stadium is going to be absolutely insane um really excited about that i think that's awesome and then also announced mike tyson will be presenting the tnt title to to the winner of the cody lance archer match which is a huge get um pretty crazy and so with that pay-per-view being on Saturday, um, there will be another uh, podcast where I'll kind of recap and give my thoughts here. And so we have something to compare it to. I'll, uh, I'll go over the card and, and kind of say my piece and what I think is going to happen or who I think is going to win. And we'll compare that um, to uh, Saturday's show and see how I did here. So let's start, I guess, from the top here. Um AEW World Champion John Moxley defending the belt versus Brody Lee, Mr. Brody Lee, um, who we will talk about later in the fantasy booking section. So uh, I, I think Moxley's going to come out uh, on top on this one. I don't see him losing the belt yet. Hopefully this is something where it's not just kind of a one-and-done, one-off, and, and there's a little bit of a feud going here. It'd be really helpful in legitimizing uh, Brody Lee with the AEW, like, fan i've seen a lot of criticism on him which pains me it's because he's one of my uh one of my top guys in my head um i think this could really help him um, i'm sure dark order or dark order will get involved and whatever will happen but i regardless I, I do think moxley comes away with the win and maybe brody beats him down after the match or something i don't know um we have that stadium stampede match that i just talked about you know i think that um I could see the elite getting the win here, but I think this is probably an even better opportunity for inner circle to get another win, legitimize them even further as just like an unstoppable unit. And then really start the dissension between the elite. And and I think it's either going to be a, an Adam page or a Kenny Omega heel turn. I don't know which one of them will do it, but that's how I think things will start to disband. So we can plant some further seeds there and, and kind of see what happens. Then we have Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida for the women's title. I think Shida picks the win up here. Nyla loses the belt. Um, yeah, that's that. Uh, TNT title tournament finals. Cody versus Archer. I think Lance Archer will... It'll probably be a good match, and Archer will just end up just kicking the shit out of him. Uh, probably several choke slams and blackouts or whatever, uh, and he will win win the belt. Great way to, to kind of introduce Lance Archer as like a an important player in the company and continue the the Cody like failure storyline they seem to be uh, building here. Then we have that casino ladder match. So so far, it's like a money in the bank match. Uh, winner gets a a future title shot. So uh, competitors so far, we have Darby Allen, Luchasaurus, Scorpio Sky, Phoenix, Kip Sabian, Colt Cabana, Frankie Kazarian, and Orange Cassidy. So that's eight. There's supposed to be nine. I don't know. They're, I guess they're going to keep the ninth of mystery. People are saying maybe like Brian Cage, someone like that, a new signee. Uh, could be that or could be just, you know, someone like 
it's Sean Spears or something like that. I don't know. I would assume that if they're keeping it a surprise, maybe it's a debut, but who knows? Um, regardless, I do think this is probably uh, the time to to kind of push Darby Allen further. He's been right on the edge for a very long time, so I think uh, Darby picks up the win and um, gets that future title shot for sure. And then we have Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. Yeah, I mean, what I, I think Chris Statlander probably needs a win, so I could see her winning with like a roll up or something, and. I don't know, Britt being upset, and then they have a few more matches afterwards. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about that. Uh, and then we have MJF versus Jungle Boy. I'm thinking maybe Luchasaurus won't be at ringside because he'll be prepping for his match. Maybe Wardlow gets involved or whatever. Uh, either way, I do think, obviously, it makes the most sense to give MJ, uh, MJF another another victory here and kind of continue his, his momentum moving forward. Um, and then on the buy-in show... We have, for a tag team title shot, we have Private Party versus Best Friends uh, for a future tag team title shot. So I have a special place in my heart for Best Friends, dating back to the first time I saw Chuck Taylor in like 2007, IWA Mid-South. So I I love Chuck Taylor, uh, and so I would love for the Best Friends to be the tag team champions, but I do think that they will probably go with Private Party on this one. Um I just have a feeling, I mean, it's good just because it's, you know, homegrown talent. I'm sure those, they're probably our next tag champs. Um, but you know, it would be nice for best friends to win, but I think that they'll, uh, they'll give it to private party. So that's, those are, those are all the matches announced. I'm not sure if they're going to do one or two more, uh, but we'll see how that goes, um, in comparison to, to what actually happens on Saturday and, and we'll, we'll recap it right here on the podcast on a bonus episode. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of, uh, where we stand this week. Uh, and you know, before we get into the fitness section, I want to let everybody know, these are just my personal experiences. This isn't me trying to give advice or tell you, you should do this or claim to be an expert on anything. This is just stuff that I've researched on my own thing. My personal experience. It's if you want to try it, that's great. Um, but I'm not, I'm not even recommending anything. I'm just, uh, just giving you my experience. So I want to make sure I, I got that out there before we move on and, uh, talk about a special diet. <laughs> Doki artichoke. I'm sure by now you've heard of the keto diet. Uh, that's a hugely popular crash diet. And the reason I say it's a crash diet is because most people aren't going to sustain that this style of, of eating and, and diet forever. Um, and a lot of people use it as a tool to lose weight, which it's very effective in. And then, you know, kind of go back to their old ways and the weight comes back and it is what it is. Um, that's not to say that it's impossible. I think folks like Joe Rogan and and a lot of the guys that uh, are part of like on it and like some professional fighters and stuff like that, they they do stick with the keto diet and that's that's their primary um, way of, of living and it is a lifestyle and so uh, they they are able to sustain it and that's great. Um, but I, I just in my experience, the the average person is not able to do that and that's why I call it a crash diet and. In my opinion, crash diets are bad uh, because maybe you have some short-term 
gains, but uh, in the long term, you don't it kind of was pointless. Right. And I think it can affect your body, like losing weight and putting on weight repeatedly. is like pretty bad for your, your joints and your bones and stuff. So I think that's, that's the kind of the biggest problem with keto. Um, plus it's hard, man. It's really, really hard. Um, I do have experience with this though. Uh, so 2014, uh, after I stopped wrestling, uh, for the first time, I, it was, it was tough. There's a lot of personal stuff going on. I know that everyone has times like this and I'm not complaining or whatever. It's just, it is what it is. Right. Um, and I really, really started to fall in love with beer, which I still am a big fan of to this day. Um, but it was like, I was not looking or thinking about nutrition almost at all. Um, I was eating, I was intermittent fasting. So to me, I was like, oh, I'm intermittent fasting. I can eat whatever I want, which is just very stupid, but I'm not very smart. And I never said that I was. So I, uh, I was kind of eating whatever I wanted for the most part, which ended up being a lot of like, just like random shit, like a lot of snacks, like a lot of, uh, like Cheez-Its was always a big one. Cause my, my, I lived with my parents. I moved back in with them after that. And my, uh, my mom's always bought that stuff. So I, I was always on the cheese it train. Um, and I was eating a lot of fast food. Um, there's, you know, a McDonald's within relative driving distance. So I would go there pretty frequently. Um, a lot of frozen stuff, like just bullshit, dude, just like hot pockets and just stuff that you shouldn't be eating. Um, and, uh, man, it, that paired with beer, which it wasn't just like I would have a beer sometimes. Like, I mean, it was every single night I would have multiple. Um, it wasn't necessarily to like get drunk or anything. Uh, I just really enjoyed it and I like trying new stuff. So I'd end up having, you know, four or five a night of this, of a new style. Um, seeing what I liked and I started getting really into like IPAs, which if you know anything about beer, um, a lot of them are pretty heavy and high alcohol, which means high calories. And, uh, I was trying a lot of them, man. I I got into some stouts, which are very heavy. Um, a lot of just like high calorie stuff like that, you know? Um, and I put on a lot of weight. Like when I moved from Nashville back to California, I was like a hundred and like 80 pounds maybe. And I was already putting on a little bit of weight. Uh, just because I don't know, I was going through a weird time and I just, stopped thinking about caring, um, which is not good. (laughs) Uh, but it is what it is. Right. And, and I was, man, this is my 22nd or 23rd birthday. I don't know how old I am. Um, 2014. And I, I weighed like 225 pounds, which is the most I've ever weighed. Um, and it's not muscle at all. Um, I was, I looked round, very chubby, um, lost a lot of muscle mass. Uh, and just cause you know, like workouts, like the town that I'm from doesn't, I, there's gyms, but not really like, it's weird. It's, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, I had a few light weights and to me, I'm like, Oh, this is good enough. I do some pushups, do some pull-ups, do some light like curls and shit. And it just, it was just so just like fooling myself, which I think happens a lot. But, um, one day I just was like, I'm, 
I had a kind of just like a turning point and I was like, I cannot be fat again, you know, growing up fat and getting bullied and all that other crap. I just, it's not worth it to me emotionally. So, um, I started getting way back into fitness and I, I credit YouTube to a lot of that. A lot of really great, um, fitness influencers on YouTube. And I got really, really into, um, their stuff and started listening to Rogan actually pretty frequently and keto was just a thing. Uh, it was popular. And so I was like, you know what? I can do that. Um, I didn't really, I still like, I knew about nutrition, but I didn't know as much as I know now. So to me, I thought it was one of those magic things where you could just eat as many calories as you wanted and lose weight, which there's nothing like that. Just so you know, calories are always King. Um, which, you know, we'll kind of get into that. But anyway, I start, I start with keto and I was not doing it the right way. It was more like Atkins, but I didn't really know the difference. Um, I didn't realize the difference between a high fat diet and a high and a low carb diet. Um, cause that's the difference between the two keto, um, is a high fat diet and that it, it relies on fat. Whereas an Atkins diet is just a low carb diet. And it makes up for that most, a lot of the time with protein and things like that. So really what I was doing is I'm like, okay, no carbs. So I stopped with all the chips, the Cheetos, all the like fat guy stuff I was eating. And I really focused in on, um, eating a lot of meat. So I was, it was almost carnivore to, to a degree. I was eating a lot of, uh, like ground beef and eggs and steak and things like that. Um, not, I mean, I, I would eat vegetables. Mostly it was just like spinach though. Uh, and then eventually broccoli. Um, and, uh, I immediately started to see the, the benefits and started shedding off weight. I then started pairing that with intermittent fasting and not for any reason in particular, other than in the morning when I eat, I just kind of feel nauseous the rest of the day and lethargic. So I just never have really been a breakfast person. Uh, I got really into black coffee when I lived in Nashville. And so that was easy for me to just blunt my appetite in the morning and drink a bunch of black coffee. Um, and then from there, you know, I'd break my fast like later on in the day and have, like a steak or, um, I w- I, this is the mistake that I would make. Cause I'd have like chicken breast, which is not high fat at all. Um, and like some broccoli and, uh, that's, and maybe like some avocado and like, that would be it. Right. So that's not keto. Then I started really learning. I'm like, Oh, so it's high fat. That's the thing. So then I started introducing more like oils. Like first off, I did start eating more avocados, uh, and, and some more greens, but, um, I started ensuring that I was having, you know, a lot of fats, putting MCT oil um, or coconut oil is what I started with um, before I got into like MCT. Um, And then I started breaking my fast like earlier because I put MCT oil in my coffee. Um, But to me, I was like, you know, whatever, it's worth it. Um, And then, you know, I went through the keto flu where I was just like, man, it was bad. I just real foggy brain felt like I was like sick, a little nauseous. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this, just a headache for like a week straight. But then it's just like one day you're just like, Oh, I feel fine now. Like I'm back to normal. Um, and then you really, really after that keto flu period, if you do get that, you really start seeing the benefits. And yes, a lot of it is water weight. Um, but I, uh, man, it, it, it really did wonders for me. Um, And, uh, I started focusing a lot more on like training, even though I wasn't like really training. I just tried to use those little 
crappy weights that I had like more often and follow some routines and do some body weight stuff. Um, you know, the job I was working was very easy, minimal stuff. So I had a lot of time. Um, I definitely did some stuff the wrong way. Like I still ate a lot of fast food. It just would be like, you know, double quarter pounder, no bun. So, cause I'm like, Oh, this is keto. It's just cheese and bread and it's high fat or cheese and meat and it's high fat, no bread. Um, and then I started experimenting with like keto, like specialty foods that you could order online. Like quest, you did a lot of stuff. That was key. I got those quest like protein chips and things like that. Um, all in all though, I mean, I lost probably, I think I was probably even below 180. I was like in the 170s. Like I lost a lot of weight. Um, lost a lot of muscle as well because my training was abysmal, but it is what it is. Um, the problem here is you would think all is well, but like I said earlier, it's not sustainable. I just, man, I missed, I was like, dude, this is, this sucks. Like I can't have my, you know, whatever. We'd have like a family gathering and people would make bread or something. And I'm like, I can't have that. Or, and it just, it was so restrictive and, and, I think now I could probably do it easier, although I just, I'm not interested, but I, I, I probably could. Um, there's a lot of things like, like there's keto boxes that have all your snacks and that's where I struggled because there are times I like to have snacks and I'm like, shit, all I can have is like pork rinds or just like a small amount of like cashews or almonds or whatever. Um, and while that maybe doesn't sound too bad to a lot of people, to me, it was, it was tough. Um, like I said, I could probably do it more. A lot of the things I care about food wise, I can probably find a replacement for, but I just don't want to feel that restricted, you know? Um, so the good news is when I transitioned out of doing keto, because I just was like, dude, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, the, the, a really big thing too, is all those oils like really hurt my stomach. So I've, I've kind of always had some stomach issues. I attribute that to probably just eating multiple bags of flaming hot Cheetos when I was younger, like every single day. So not great for your insides. And I don't feel like I ever recovered, but, um, also I, I took Accutane, um, for about six months when I was 16, I did like a cycle of it, brother. Um, and, uh, I never felt the same after that. Like it definitely cleared my acne, but my stomach never felt the same. So that's a whole separate thing. But that, that could have been, um, really, you know, one of the biggest issues. Um, yeah. And, and I, I just, I, I, it hurt too much and I missed stuff. And so I transitioned out of it. The good news is when I transitioned out, I really did learn truly that calories are King. Like you find your TDEE, like I always say, if you're cutting, cut off a few hundred calories at a time, see how it goes. If you're trying to bulk, you know, add additionals or stay in that 2,400 range or that's mine is 24. Um, now it's probably a little higher, but yeah, man. Um, so I was just eating at a deficit for a little while and I, I kept that weight off for a really long time. Um, so the things about keto is like pros, you definitely have that, that, uh, mental clarity, especially if you pair it with intermittent fasting, like you just really, you feel there and like alert, like you're really with it. Um, uh, you definitely don't retain water as much. There's a lot to be said about your body using fat as fuel versus carbs, um, and how it can blend appetite and, you know, the fat burning a lot of the time it's just because it, your appetite is a little blunted. So you're, you're not eating as many calories. Um, and there's a lot of other benefits that are said to be through keto. Like a lot of athletes say they maybe feel better without carbs, but 
those are the pros. The cons, at least for me, was just, man, all that oil just tore my stomach up, man. I had a lot of really bad nights um, just from overdoing it on the oils, which you just need. You need all those healthy fats, and, man, they, they really hurt. Um, so I definitely recommend taking a probiotic with that, but even that, man, it just didn't really help. Um, and I just – some of it was too restrictive, and my family – was very important to me at that time. Not that they're not now, but you know, it was more important for me to make sure I'm spending time and, and doing the things that they're doing. And sometimes it was too restrictive and it sucked and it sucked thinking I just hanging out with my friends and not being able to like have a beer. And now, you know, there's seltzers like white claw and stuff. And like, you can figure it out. And, and maybe I was just being a baby, but it, it just wasn't really for me. Um, and I didn't feel like I had more energy, honestly. Um, maybe sometimes. Um, but now if I, if I, if I eat like healthy sources of carbs, um, or like just make better carb choices, like sweet potatoes and things like that versus like chips, like I feel the good. So to me, it wasn't really worth it. Um, I definitely recommend, you know, give things a shot. You will lose weight. You absolutely will lose the weight. Most of it's water weight. Um, because your body won't retain as much water and you'll gain it all back if you stop. But um, it's worth a shot, you know? I think the biggest thing with dieting that I know and that I always try to remember is that just calories are king, man. It's not necessarily the foods. Um, like, yeah, you probably want foods that are high in, in micronutrients and, and macro-friendly and whatever, but calories are the king. Um, I can't say that enough. If you overeat on calories, it doesn't matter how much you train. If you're eating more than you're burning, you're just going to gain weight. And that just is what it is. And if you eat too few, you're not going to gain weight. Um, you know, that's, it's honestly as simple as that. And, uh, yeah, that just is what it is. So that's my, uh, that's my keto diet experience. Before we get into the fantasy booking section of this podcast, uh, we do have a couple of sponsors today. Let me uh, get to my uh, ad read here. Do, 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 do. So, the first sponsor of today is Gary Swan on YouTube. That is G A R Y S W A N N on YouTube. Gary Swan is a multimedia mogul passionate about the growth of entertainment and the industry itself. He privately funds actors and influencers under his banner, Gary Swan Productions. He lives by one simple quote quantity over quality, and the idea of saturating the market with his influencers. Go ahead to Gary Swan on YouTube and give them a subscribe. You can also find them on Instagram at Gary underscore Swan underscore YouTube. Another friend of the podcast is Programmed for Pro Wrestling on Instagram. Programmed, the number four, Pro Wrestling on Instagram. It's regular uploads centered around pro wrestling nostalgia from WWE, WCW, ECW, the Indies, Japan, and more from all over the world. That is Programmed for Pro Wrestling. If you're interested in pro wrestling nostalgia, it is regularly updated and uh, it's a pretty cool page. So go ahead and check it out for me. All righty. So, as previously mentioned, fantasy booking this week is going to center around one Brody Lee, the exalted one in AEW. 
Man, I have always been a Brody Lee fan. Um, I think the first time I saw him was in... Like, I'm not going to say I've been a fan since the beginning, but I, I know the first clip I ever saw of him was him uh, big booting Tim Donst in uh, Chikara and just kicking the shit out of his face. And I was like, dude, this guy's amazing. I thought he was a gigantic uh, person, trucker, very unique. Uh, and then I went on to see some of his matches, mostly in Chikara. I know there was like a few indies that I saw him in. Uh, there was an Evolve match that I remember enjoying as well. Um, and I was always a fan. So when he got signed in 2012, I was into it. Uh, he was renamed Luke Harper. Uh, he started out in FCW and I remember the, uh, on the FCW site, I used to just scour that. Um, I've always just been like obsessed with like new talent coming in versus like already established talent. I think just, you know, imagining the possibilities sort of thing, but his original promo shots, he was wearing like just black trunks and black boots. And it looked so bizarre to see him in that sort of gear. Um, because I've never seen him in gear before. And, uh, that was, that was pretty wild. And I was like, Oh, I wonder. And you know, they reverted back to his like dirty wife beater and in, in blue jeans. But, um, that's just like a little tidbit. So, uh, ended up debuting with the Wyatt family in NXT, uh, with Rowan and, and Bray Wyatt, obviously. um, Man, and you know, he got called up and I just think he is like one of the most talented, like bigger dudes, like ever. Like he's super diverse. Um, he can work with anybody. He honestly has a great like personality and in even though his gimmick wasn't necessarily like my style, like a weird southern backwoods guy, um, or even the trucker thing, like I still enjoyed it. It was unique and different. Um so he had this run with the Wyatt family that I'm, you know, was, they were extremely popular. Um, and then they broke apart and I don't really remember why, but they did. And I remember he feuded with Dolph Ziggler after that. And, uh, they had a crazy like ladder match at TLC that year, like 2014, I believe. Um, and, and it was, I think about that all the time. Um, he ended up, I remember he was kind of with like Triple H and Stephanie and the authority for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that, that match with Ziggler's one I always think about as one of his better matches. Um, and then he was just kind of there floating around. He was in the ladder match at WrestleMania 31. Um, he almost killed uh, Dean Ambrose or John Moxley. So, oh, there we go. Going in full circle here. Uh, power bombing him like out of the ring through a ladder. I was there live. So that was, I mean, that looked disgusting to me. Um, and then they had a, uh, like a Harper Ambrose feud through the rest of 2015 or at least like half of it. And then for some reason they just put Rowan and Harper back together just because they're like, I don't know what we're doing with these guys. And I remember they started using the 3d, which they called the way. And I was into it. I was like, hell yeah. Like that. Let's I'm cool with this. Like, let's have a monster tag run. And then it was kind of pointless. And then like, the Deadly Boys returned, so they didn't use the 3D anymore, I believe. And then I think somebody got injured, maybe. Um, yeah, it was probably Harper, because like the Wyatt family kind of got back together. Uh, and that's when like Braun Strowman debuted as the Black Sheep, and I believe replaced uh, Harper, because Harper was hurt, or you know Brody was hurt. Um, I very vaguely remember like a Dudley boys, Rhino, Tommy dreamer versus the Wyatt family when Harper returned, but nothing really super significant. Um, 
and I guess he was out most of 2016. And I kind of remember him when like Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt were doing their weird little team. And then like, I remember Harper kind of returning. He was always just weird. Like he was gone for a long time and I guess it's injury. And at the time I, I, I don't know, maybe I just didn't know that. Um, but he would kind of pop in and out and do something mildly significant and get some TV time and then kind of dip away. Um, I think they were the tag champs maybe at that point, but Bray Wyatt turns on him. Um, he ends up having a match with like Orton in 2017. Um, and then he's just kind of gone again. Right. Like, I don't remember really seeing him most of 2017. Uh, and then he, like I, I, but I do remember him changing up his look. Like he lost a little bit of weight. He started wearing like a black, uh, wife beater versus the white one darker jeans he put his hair back started doing like an archer type of thing when he came out like shooting an arrow i remember seeing a few things like that and i was like hell yeah this is awesome but he just never like did anything um then he was repackaged uh, at the end of 2017 with rowan as the bludgeon brothers and that name's hilarious and silly but um i remember i was like oh they're gonna push these dudes like they put so much money into their their like gear and like their entrance and they were just like a monster tag team, kind of what we looked for a few years earlier, and just smashing everybody. They won the tag titles at WrestleMania 34. Um, and then I don't remember. And that's the thing. Like, that's kind of the story of his WWE career. He does some really important stuff or, you know, higher profile stuff. And then I don't remember because um, it, it just didn't make an impact. And then I know that I, like, Rowan got injured and then that just broke apart Bludgeon Brothers. Like, and. Here we are again, um, just Rowan, or I'm sorry, Harper, just kind of hanging out, doing random things. Like, injuries really plagued them, and it was just bizarre. They kept breaking apart Rowan and Harper, not knowing what to do with them, and then putting them back together. It was very, like, fickle, uh, to quote Daniel Bryan. Um, but yeah, Bludgeon Brothers is gone, and whenever that happens, it's like, man, I wonder what's going to happen with Harper. To me, he was always somebody that could really be, like, a big deal, and... I don't know. I, I, I would have loved to see like a singles run there apparently. So the big story coming out of this is we go, you know, flash forward, Rowan's hurt, no more bludgeon brothers. Harper's just kind of hanging out again. 2019. Um, I think like Rowan got hurt and then maybe Harper was like, okay, well, since we're done doing the bludgeon brothers thing, I have another like surgery to do or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, he returns 2019. Uh, and I do remember reading some reports. It was like, He's complaining because he's like, hey, I'm back from injury. I'm good to go. And, like, nobody's using me. Um, what are we doing here? It's crazy. Like, you would think with his size and the way he could wrestle and and change the game, do whatever, man. Like, I, I don't – it's just, to me, one of those cases of, like, McMahon just not liking someone. Like, nope, that, that's not my guy, and that, which is crazy because he's a big dude. And from everything you read, it seems like Vince McMahon just loves people that are – over six, five. And he's that. And I don't know, it, it's kind of, kind of perplexing. Right. Um, but he complains. And then there was like a dark match versus EC three and word on the street is that Vince McMahon did not like that match. It was bad. Um, he was not a fan and based off of one match, any plan that was in the books, uh, for Harper, they canceled. They're like, Nope, this guy sucks. We're not going to use him. Um, is that really what happened? I don't know, but that's what you could read online and you can Google that. Um, if that did happen, that is a huge bummer and led to Harper requesting his release, which absolutely would make sense. 
But WWE plays their typical game and, and does not grant that release. So Harper just kind of hangs out. Um, then later 2019, um, he comes and like, I think at this point, Rowan and Daniel Bryan had broken apart doing their, their thing, which I thought was actually good for Rowan. And of course it just ended too early and whatever. Um, when Rowan was wearing like the death metal like shirts and then Harper came out to join him because what else? When you got nothing to do with Harper, you just throw him over to Rowan, um, as a tag team again. And he's also wearing the like death metal type shirts. And I don't really necessarily know what the gimmicks are, but that it was that. Um, and I remember them having a match with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. Um, and then that was it. And then it was just over. It was really bizarre. It was like a couple weeks. Uh, and then finally you read his contract expires end of 2019. Thank God. Um, he's out, he's gone. Um, and that's when, you know, the dark orders doing their stuff in AEW and talking about the exalted one and we get the debut. It's revealed. It's Brody Lee. He's the exalted one. He attacks Chris Daniels. Unfortunately, we're in a pandemic. So that storyline kind of died, but now, um, you know, he's doing the Mr. Brody Lee thing where he's the leader of this cult, um, loosely based on some Vince McMahon stories is what it seems like, or, you know, what the word is here. Um, and he attacks Moxley. Now he's, he's, you know, going to face Moxley for the AEW championship, um, this weekend. So man, it's a lot to unpack there, but the biggest thing is just obviously Harbor just improperly being used. And I know you can say that about a lot of people. Um, and it's always unfortunate. And also you just know you can't use everybody. Harper's just one that's really unique to me because, you know, he's just so unique and athletic. Um, it's surprising that, that there wasn't a lot to do for him. Um, if I was going to fantasy book him, which is what the segment is, I would have kept everything the same with the Wyatt family. I think that was a perfect way to introduce him. He looks like a swampy dude. Um, great. When you break up the Wyatt family, keep Rowan and Harper together. That's that's fine. Um, even if you don't, you put them at singles. Harper winning the IC belt and then joining the Authority. Like I still think that that's great. But they should have evolved the character a little more past then. I think you heard on Chris Jericho's podcast Brody Lee talking about how he's like well spoken, but they didn't want him to speak and wanted him to be this like Southern guy. That would have been the time in 2014 where you you changed that. Um, and start letting him speak more and and he could have had more of a like a Brody Lee type of character like he has now at that point you know start having him wear suits because he's with the authority um that's kind of probably the direction that I would have gone um if I didn't keep Rowan and Harper together and and have them do a you know go on a good tag run um that's what I would have done and kept the single stuff keep him mid-level and eventually he could be like the authorities guy, you know, to take on Roman Reigns, you know, that's, he's, he's a main eventer to me for sure. Um, he would have had great matches with Roman. Um, but let's say that doesn't work, right? He joins the authority, but you know, he's still bouncing around a little bit and then, uh, whatever happens and, and okay, let's flash forward all the way to the bludgeon brothers stuff, right? That's the hardest part for me because I'm almost happy that it happened so that we could, so that Harper's an AEW because I feel like this is a better platform for him. Uh, but since we're booking WWE and let's say in a perfect world, right? Um, I think with Harper and the authority, 
that, that's what you could have done. Kept him there uh, in the authority. He's like a their 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 heater, if you will. Um, and then whatever happens, they turn on him, right? Um, kick him out. And that's such an easy way to kind of revert back to a similar type of character, but he doesn't have to be like a baby face. Like it could still be a heel, right? Maybe he's out for a little bit and then the bludgeon brothers come back. Cause Rowan's not doing shit at this time either. So like, what's the point, you know? So that would have been bludgeon brothers like two years earlier. And I think they could have gone on a very serious run and, and stuck around. The problem is WWE's not a, not a tag team wrestling um, company, unfortunately. And, and, still I still think that would have been better than what did happen um keep him in the tag team then we could have broken them apart and gotten the Rowan Harper feud still had time to have like Rowan with Daniel Bryan and at this point like Harper could still man he still could have been around you know doing doing something here or there um you know even if it was just mid-level like you know intercontinental or U.S. title like I don't know like I know I talked about like Shane Thorne last week and I'm like, when I do like WWE universe, which I do a lot now because I have a ton of time on the two K games. Um, Shane Thorne is generally my, my person, uh, to be the champion. But like, I always started off as with Brody Lee as like a monster heel champion where he, you know, tears everyone apart. Um, and, and that's what I think still could have happened. You know, it could have, you know, stuck around, like I said, authority to bludgeon brothers. And then after that, you know, maybe some single stuff and then he lets his contract expire. Um, but I could have seen him being like, you know, us champ, IC champ several times, even man, give him a universal title run or, or whatever. Like I, I really could see him doing that even now, but Hey, that didn't work. So like I said, this was one time where I really wouldn't change all that much. Maybe make some tweaks and have him stay in the authority longer, change the gimmick a little bit. But I think him coming in as the exalted one is is perfect. I, I frankly wouldn't change that. Um, it would have been nice for him to debut with a crowd and make it more of a surprise, but whatever. I, I think him being the leader um, of, of the Dark Order is great. And I know a lot of people, for whatever reason, are not huge fans of the Dark Order, but I think that it's a cool idea. Right now, you know, they're, they have all the little, like, minions, and now you know, some of them are like becoming more prominent, like right now with Grayson and, and, um, evil Uno being overseas or whatever. So they can't travel. They have number 10, um, which I believe is the wrestler, uh, clutch Adams, I think is who is playing number 10. I'm not hundred percent sure though, but I'm pretty sure that's who that is. Um, but yeah, so now they have like number 10 who's wrestling matches and who's honestly looks pretty good. And the dark order is like forming, a better, um, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's the storyline is progressing better to me and still, I mean, Hey, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I like it. And I think Brody Lee as the exalted one is perfect. And a lot of people think it should be reversed for some reason. And they think Lance Archer should be the exalted one or, or Matt Hardy. Um, and then Brody should be in like Lance Archer's spot. I don't know. I, I don't think so. Honestly, I think the way everything is right now in AEW is, is good. Like I think Mr. Brody Lee, it's a good opportunity for him to flex a different type of character um, for him to, you know, speak and run a promo. I love it that he's a cult leader, which is kind of how he started with Bray Wyatt being somewhat of a cult leader. And, uh, I think he's doing a great job, and I even like what they're doing now. Him coming out, they're like, "Oh, it doesn't make sense that he just randomly attacked Mox and he gets a, a title shot." It's like, dude, that's literally his character. Like, he just 
He's running a cult, and this is what he wants to do. This is why he came to AEW. It makes sense. So how I would fantasy book him in the future is I'd say Moxley gets the win over over Brody at uh, uh, Double or Nothing. Brody attacks him with the Dark Order, right? Beat, beat him down. Beat the shit out of him, right? Keep this feud going until their next pay-per-view, which if it's May, June, July. I think the next pay-per-view is all out. Um. You keep that feud going to there and then have like Moxley Brody in some kind of like attraction match, whatever that may be. We do another cage match. We do a this or that, whatever. Um, but I could see that being like a really long lasting feud. And maybe they even have like a match on dynamite between that. Um, and then we have, uh, we have Brody come out on top there at, at all out. I think is that's the August pay-per-view. I'm pretty sure that's the next one. So yeah, we have Brody win the belt at that one, finally, with help from the Dark Order. And then we have, like, a monster heel Brody Lee as champion, which I think makes total sense. Um, from there, man, I don't know. I could see, like, let's say Darby wins that Casino Battle Royal. I could see Darby Allen, like, them holding off on him still for a little bit, but just, like, knowing he holds the golden ticket or whatever they're calling it, right? Um I think Brody could transition from there into it. Whoever's not the heel between like Adam page and Kenny Omega. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think Brody needs a really long title reign. Like I think at the next pay-per-view, whether that's full gear or they do a different name or whatever, we have Omega or page or whoever win the belt, um, as a face, boom, we have another face champion. Um, and Brody can still be up there and like chase titles, but then he could transition into like just high profile feuds with like Cody, for example, or whoever who back to my, like you could do so much with him, but I think he needs to be a main player and this is the opportunity for it. And he could have some crazy good matches with Omega or page or Cody or, or whoever. Um, and I think eventually probably what will happen is the dark order, he'll leave the dark order. Like they'll kick him out and there'll be a new exalted one. Um, that's my, that's my kind of opinion on that. Um, but I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. So, you know, that's, that's kind of, kind of what I'm thinking for Brody Lee. Um, again, one of my, uh, one of my top, top guys, um, that, that I, that I like to fantasy book in my brain. And I just think he, it was a kind of an easy one because he's in a great spot right now. And I really wouldn't change a lot. I, I more just think for the future and I think he'll be a major player in AEW and, and he doesn't need like to hold the title forever or whatever. He can have a lot of hope, uh, high profile feuds without that. Um, but I'd like to see him with a, with a title reign still. So that's, uh, that's going to be it for this week. I appreciate y'all, uh, tuning in. We're right at, uh, 46 minutes here. Try not to like overdo the amount of time, but it is what it is. Um, so that's my my fantasy booking. Uh, go ahead and find me on Instagram at SpandexPlanetPod. Um, let me know what you think. Subscribe, leave a review. Um, let me know if there's anybody that you would like to see me fantasy book. Um, next week, I think I'm going back to Attitude Era, man. Uh, Program for Pro Wrestling put up a D'Lo Brown picture, and uh, it, re- it, it re- rekindled my love for D'Lo Brown, and, and I remembered how how highly I think of him. And, uh, I think that'd be a really fun one to fantasy book because, you know, another one of my guys that I feel like didn't get their due. So that's, what's on tap for next week. Thanks again for listening guys. I appreciate all y'all. Um, again, subscribe, uh, leave a rating, let me know what you think and, uh, we'll catch up 
actually probably no we'll catch up next week on normal monday drop uh and then the following wednesday uh we should have a aew double or nothing review slash recap slash let's see how i did on my my guesses here thanks again guys uh we will chat next week hope you're all staying healthy and safe out there from me this has been spandex planet bye